who are you? This is one of my favorite questions to ask. And I get a lot of different responses from lots of different people. I get things like their name. Um, I get uh, what they're about, kind of what they value, what they think is important. Um, I get what they do, what their job is, uh, what their occupation is. I get a lot of different things uh, that people use to answer this question, who are you? And normally I take whatever responses I get just because it, it the, the question means lots of different things to lots of different people. But the reason that I ask the question is because what I'm really getting at is I'm really hoping that people will pause, even if it's after the fact, pause and really ponder the question. And they'll ask themselves, who am I? Because I think this is an important question for us to ask on a daily basis, on a regular basis, asking the question, who am I? The greater level of fulfillment that we have in life comes with how we answer this question. Because I think the clearer we are about this question and the clearer we have it in our minds, the question, who am I? The clearer we are with that answer the more we find fulfillment within our lives, within what we do, within the occupation we choose. And quite honestly, when we ask this question, who am I? And we really consider the answer. I think it compels us to get closer and closer to the design that God has always had for you and for me from the very beginning, from the day we take our first breath to from the day that we are conceived, from the day that we are uh, imagined in God's mind. I think he has a design for us. And I think he has a purpose for us. And I think the more we ask the question, who am I? The more we are compelled to seek that answer. And the more I think God reveals to us who he has designed us to be. But the problem is, is many people don't ask this question. Many people don't consider the question. And for pastors, for us, from, you know, those of us who are in ministry, who are ministry leaders, um, we don't answer this question very often because most people don't ask us anymore. Because of the position we hold and uh, the influence we have in people's life, very people ask us, who are you? And so it's on us to ask this question, who am I? And really seek the face of God to answer it and to have a greater understanding, who am I? In today's episode, what I want to do is I'm going to explain why this question can be the, t can be the key, the, the, the key for you and for me, the key for us to set us free from this feeling of overwhelm, feeling of, of stress and anxiety, set us free from all the, the avalanche that sometimes ministry can be. The key to answering this question, who am I, is, is going to open up doors for us and really set us on our way to living our dream life in ministry. So let's get started. So the big question is this. How do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great day. Keep you, hope you are uh, keeping busy as we are winding down the week, getting ready for the weekend. Um, many of you will have tomorrow off since it's your since it's Friday. Some of you use that as your weekend. So I hope that this last day in the office, this last day of getting some stuff done, 
is a great day for you. You feel productive. You feel like you're ready for services on Sunday um, and that you, you're able to relax. Tomorrow you can relax. Saturday you can relax. Uh, I know for me and my family, we have um, some uh, uh, family coming in town. My sister or my, sister, my wife's brother and sister-in-law are coming into town. And so we're actually going to go camping both Friday night and Saturday night. And I'm going to get up early and go shower and get to the church and preach in the morning. So, um, so exciting, uh, weekend for here, us here at the party Cooper household. And I hope for you, you have something planned where you can relax and chill out and just have a good fun weekend for you. Uh, as we've been talking about this week, um, we have been talking about the one pager and framework that you can use to design your engaging discipleship experience for your congregation. As we saw over this last year, one of the things that is lacking across the board in ministry is a good, solid discipleship process for most of our churches. Uh, if you roll back the, the timeline about 10 years, uh, Sunday school really kind of phased out of our ministry practices and our ministry models. And, and though I think that that was probably the right decision at the time, what the reality is that we've seen over the years, though, is that we didn't do a good job of replacing that with a strong, solid discipleship experience for people to grow deeper into their knowledge of the scriptures, knowledge about um, how to live their lives as Christians, how to be deeper relationship with Jesus. And as we have seen over this last year, uh, that kind of came to a head. You know, we had a lot more of a nominal response to churches. We had a lot of people leaving church um, because of the pandemic and because of COVID. And really the question is, is we're coming back into our new reality, our new time um, of services, having people return back to church and everything kind of getting back to normal. The question is, is how are we going to combat that fall off that we saw in 2020? And how are we going to get people into deeper discipleship, getting more engaged with scripture itself? Um, and grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so that's why uh, over here at Ministry Hackers, we're, we're working really hard to try and equip you as pastors and ministry leaders to create an engaging discipleship experience. Now, I'm not talking about recreating Sunday school because there's a reason why Sunday school phased out. I'm talking about creating an experience of some sort, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it's through small groups, whatever the experience it is that you create, creating an engaging experience that not only takes people deeper into the, into scripture and takes them deeper into their relationship with Jesus, but an experience that builds them up into spiritually mature individuals who are discipling other people and it's engaging. So they keep coming back for more. Um, the churches that I've seen use this model and have implemented and have followed the steps, not only do people go through the discipleship experience, but a lot of times they come back around and go through it again. And partially because there's such great content that they want to, they're not able to absorb it all the first time around, but then also because it's engaging and it's fun and it's worth their time. And that's really what we're dealing with in this current economy of, of time deficit for most people is the question they're asking is, is this going to be worth my time? Well, if you use this framework and you use the one pager, it, you will be able to create an engaging discipleship experience that is worth the time for people to go through it. And so really what you're going to get is you're going to get the step-by-step -step framework that walks you exactly through how to create an engaging discipleship experience. But then you're also going to get a one pager, which is like me sitting next to you, asking you strategic questions and walking you through the entire framework. And what will come out on the other side is this engaging experience that people will love, that disciples them, that takes them deeper, that helps them to um, understand scripture a lot more, that goes deeper in their relationship with Jesus and ultimately matures them so that they can be 
engaged in your church and discipling other people. And that's really the goal. The goal is to create disciples who are discipling others. And so what this means for you as a, as a pastor and as a ministry leader is as that cycle starts to roll, that means you have more volunteers, you have more people engaged with what's going on, you have more people going into the community and um, impacting the lives of the people in their spheres of influence, and people are returning to the church to discover a relationship with Jesus that's impactful, that's engaging, um, and that is discipling others. And so um, all you have to do is go to ministryhackers.com slash discipleship. Uh, put your name, put your email in there. It's free. So you, as soon as you uh, hit submit, you're going to be sent the one pager, the framework, all the instructions that you need. You can start today creating the discipleship experience that you've been looking for to impact your community, impact your um, your faith community there in your church, and to grow individuals into a deeper relationship with Jesus. So again, go to ministryhackers.com slash discipleship. Help us to create discipleship experiences around the country they're going to make an impact that are going to uh, create disciples who can go out and disciple other people. So ministryhackers.com slash discipleship. Uh, go there, start working on it today. And by summertime, you can have an engaging discipleship experience that is changing the way you do ministry and changing your community for the kingdom of God. So ministryhackers.com slash discipleship. So as I mentioned in the intro, this question of who am I? So I always ask the question, who are you? Um, and I do it in my sermons. I do it um, when I meet people. I just ask the question, who are you? Um, and, you know, there's lots of responses that come with that. And and the reason that I do that, again, is because I want people to, a to ask themselves the question, who am I? Because I think this question that, that we ask ourselves is a constant reminder that we need to know ourselves and we need to understand ourselves so that we can live a little bit more intentionally, a little bit more focused, so we can live our lives in such a way that is impactful and is closer and closer and closer to the idea or the design that God created us with. Now, when I ask this question or when I, when I, you know, when I encourage people to ask themselves the question, who am I? What I'm not asking is, who do you think you are? And I think for all of us as pastors and ministry leaders, we have to be cautious because um, we can't ask ourselves, who am I? And then define that for ourselves. And I think that's the trap that we all fit into is we fit into this idea that we like to ask the question and then answer, oh, well, this is who I am based on all kinds of things. We base it on what other people say about us. We base it on what we think of ourselves. Uh, we can base it off personality tests and, and gift assessments. We can, we can answer the question from a lot of different angles, but I think all of those are good resources and they can maybe inform the answer to who I am, but I don't think they can actually answer the question. Who am I? Because I think ultimately in order to answer the question, who am I accurately and with any degree of confidence and conviction, I think we have to take time and we have to peer into the eyes of God and allow him to answer the question for us. I think that's the only way that we can really get a clear understanding of who we are. And I think the tragedy is, is that most of us, even as pastors and ministry leaders, most of us will spend the majority of our lives living out a version of ourselves that we think we are, or maybe that we want to be. And never really diving in and peering through the eyes of Jesus and saying, who am I? And letting him answer that question. 
these past few weeks, I've been preaching, really walking through uh, from the death and resurrection of Jesus into the book of Acts. And this last week, I talked about Paul. And you just did a quick recap in the sermon about Paul's experience. But here's this man, Saul, who, um, you know, who is this Jewish leader uh, who is vehemently against this Christian movement or the way. Um, and he is so against it that he takes it upon himself to start traveling around and persecuting Christians um, because he believes that they're wrong, believes they're out of touch, believe they are, um, you know, distorting the Jewish traditions. And, and so he takes it upon himself to eradicate the world of these Christians. Now, Saul is living out a version of himself that he believes that he should be. But we all know the story. We all know how it works out because Saul is not who he should be because God had designed him to be Paul, a man who loved Jesus, who was in deep relationship with Jesus, who was willing to do whatever he had to to spread the gospel of Jesus, who was willing to go to the ends of the earth and go through, you know, all kinds of trials and, and, and challenges and even to the point of death at one point. He was willing to do all of that to spread the gospel of Jesus. But when we pick him up at the beginning of the story, he is Saul who is murdering and persecuting Christians. And it wasn't until a Jesus moment where Saul comes into contact with Jesus and looks through the eyes of Jesus and asks, who am I? And Jesus transforms his life. And from that point on, Paul has no question of who he is. He has no question of the life he is supposed to live. He has no question about his mission. He really, from that point on, lives out what God had designed him to be, who he had, he had been designed to be. And so I think for, for all of us, you know, at some point we were called into ministry or we felt, you know, the, the nudge towards ministry and we went through whatever journey we did to get there. Some of us went to Bible college, others of us went to um, some sort of training school or discipleship program, or some of us just rose up through our churches and were mentored by other pastors. However, we got there. At some point we fashioned or determined who we were. And, and some of us took the time and peered into the eyes of God and, and he defined us and told us who we were. And, and we have lived that out ever since, but many of us, I think have not. And the reason why I think that is because if we know who we are, if you know who you are and you're serving in ministry right now and people's words are hurting you and they're tearing at you and you feel overwhelmed by uh, the pressure that uh, people in your church or people in your community are putting on you. If you are feeling that and you are questioning yourself and you're questioning whether you should be in ministry or you're questioning whether you're doing the right things, if you're doing that, then what I would do if I were sitting across the table with you is I would ask this question, who are you? And I would expect you to ponder that question for a moment and look into the eyes of God and ask, who am I? Because there's a good chance that you would get a different answer than what you think or who you think you are. Because when we know who we are, when we have no doubt, we have complete clarity on who we are, who we were designed to be, how God designed us to work, and, and what he wants us to do and be in this life, then the words of others doesn't impact us as much. People don't impact us as much. 
the negative words, the insults, the questions, the, the challenges, those don't impact us as much because we know who we are. We understand who God created us to be. We understand the design that he has put in our lives. We know. And so when those words come, we don't doubt. We don't question. We aren't unsure. And that's my hope. That's what I want. I want for all of us to live out this design of who we are. Because here's the thing. All of us are going to make mistakes. As pastors and ministry leaders, it's just a given. We're going to make bad decisions. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to make mistakes uh, from the pulpit. We're going to say things that are wrong. We're going to, you know, we're going to interact with people in an, you know, in a, in a, uh, not a gracious way at times. I know in ministry, like I've had moments of that where, you know, I walked into a situation and I snapped at someone or, you know, I walked into a situation, and I misread the room and, you know, didn't handle it well. You know, I've had, we've all had situations like that in our lives, in our ministries, in, you know, standing in our role as pastor, we've done things that, you know, we've just made mistakes. But here's the thing. Too many of us uh, define our lives, define our uh, ministries, define who we are. We answer the question, who am I? Through the lens of either what other people think of us, what they've said about us, or the mistakes that we've made along the way. And some of us, tragically, believe that we're not good pastors, believe that we're not good ministry leaders, Maybe even question whether or not we should be in ministry because of the mistakes we've made over the years. And as somebody who believes in pastors, somebody who believes in the value of pastors, who somebody who believes that we are, have a shortage of good pastors who love people and love Jesus and are willing to do what it takes to spread the gospel. My goal, my mission is to make sure that you understand that you're called by God, empowered by him and commissioned to do great things. You've made mistakes in the past, sure. But that doesn't mean that you question your calling. It doesn't mean you question whether you should be in ministry, nor should it cause you to question your own quality. Now, could we all get better? Sure, we could all get better. We could all be better leaders. We could all be better pastors. We could all invest some time into be, being you know, better in some way as pastors and ministry leaders. But here's the thing. The one thing we can't do, the one thing you cannot do as a pastor is you cannot question who you are. And if you are finding yourself questioning who you are, then it's time for you to get on your knees and to look into the eyes of Jesus and say, who am I? Because somewhere along the way, I have forgotten. Or maybe I never really knew. Because I believe that it is vital for you to stay in ministry. I believe that it's vital that you stay in the game, loving people, despite what they've done, loving people, despite the words they've thrown at you, loving people, despite what's happened along the way. I think you should stay in the game as long as God will allow you to. But I think in order to do that, you have to understand who you are and you have to look into the eyes of Jesus and let him define that for you. Here's the thing in ministry, we have to have tough skin. There's no two ways around it. We have to have tough skin to remain in ministry because people are random. People have their own agendas. And quite honestly, sometimes people can just be mean. And as leaders and as people who are, you know, at the top of the food chain in our churches or, you know, top of the, the authority, um, you know, pyramid, we are the target at the top. And so people are going to take pot shots at us. To be in ministry, you have to have thick skin. But... 
Along the way, we also have to remain focused on who God designed us to be. And in order to be focused on that, we have to know who he designed us to be. And so my encouragement to you today is to ask the question, who am I? And make sure that you're asking the question, looking into the eyes of Jesus. You're asking him, who am I? You're not defining it for yourself. You're not letting any other outside influences define it for you. But you are asking the question earnestly, looking into the eyes of Jesus, saying, Jesus, who am I? And once he answers that question, and once you know, and I would say, write it down. When Jesus says, this is who you are, this is who I designed you to be, this is how I created you, and this is what I want you to do. When God does, when, when Jesus defines that for you and answers that question, then start living that out. And then when somebody comes and they say something mean to you, or they say something derogatory, or they yell at you, or whatever the case is, you can sit back and know that's not who I am. Everything that you're saying right now is not who I am. Because I'm looking at what Jesus told me, and that is who I am. And I know that, and I can walk in confidence believing that, because that's from Jesus. When we as pastors and ministry leaders, when we know who we are based on who God designed us to be, then it's almost like we have this force field around us that words can't penetrate, and negative actions can't penetrate, and mean people and difficult situations and overwhelming circumstances can't penetrate because we know who we are based on who Jesus designed us to be. You have a design from the very beginning. Jesus designed you in a certain way to be a certain person to accomplish certain things for him. And once you know that, then you can walk in confidence knowing this is who I am and this is how I'm living that out. And that's what I want for you because we lose too many good pastors and ministry leaders every year because they forget who they are. And as a pastor and as somebody who loves pastors and believes that we have to have pastors in the mix in order for us to really do anything of greatness, I don't want to lose you in the process. I don't want to lose you to go do something else. I want you to stay in there as long as you can. I want you to walk in confidence. I want you to project the word of God with power and strength and might. And I want you to advance the kingdom of God by loving people, even though some of them are just mean to you. When you know who you're designed to be and who God's called you to be, then those things can't penetrate. And then you stay in the game. You stay in ministry you change people's lives, you're about the business of our Lord, and great things happen. And that's what I want for you, and that's what I want for us as the as the body of Christ, as the church. And especially this brother and sisterhood of ministry leaders and pastors. We need each other. We need to champion each other. We need to stand by one another. We need to cheer each other on. Just like God is cheering you on to be who he designed you to be, we should cheer each other on to do the exact same thing. So that's my challenge to you today. Get on your knees, look into the eyes of Jesus and ask the question, who am I? And when he answers that, write it down and then go live your life with that in mind. It will change the way you do everything. All right. Don't forget, get your one pager, get your framework, design engaging discipleship experience. Uh, make sure that you get those. Go to ministryhackers.com slash discipleship. 
You'll get it all, put your name, your email in there. All of that will come to you. You can start designing your discipleship experience today so that when you get into June and, and, and the summertime, then you can start engaging people and building disciples and, and really turning people's lives around, helping them grow in their relationship with Jesus. So then when you come into the fall, you have an army of disciples who are ready to go disciple others and make a difference in your community. And that's what it's all about, right? So have a wonderful rest of the day, and I will see you in the next episode.